Hello, and welcome to the Flat Chat Wrap. This week we're going to be talking about why the government won't release the list of 444 buildings with cladding, what to buy and where to buy if you're getting into an investment property, and if you can't afford to buy an apartment, how about winning a whole apartment block? I'm Jimmy Thompson. And I'm Sue Williams. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hello, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. So, the government is not releasing the list of 444 buildings that have flammable cladding on them. Why do you think that is? Well, it's very annoying, isn't it, because so many people want them to be um, released. I know the Owners Corporation Network want to because they want to be able to contact them and get the buildings together and work out some plan of action that the buildings can work on together, which makes perfect sense. The government doesn't want to release them, I think. They've said some strange things like they're worried about terrorism. Yes. That uh, ISIS might look over in Sydney and see that there's a building with some flammable cladding and decide to bomb it. Right, or just set fire to it. Well, yes. Or just turn up with a a cigarette lighter. Well, yeah, that would be easy, wouldn't it, really? Hold it it quite close and see what happens. Just stub a cigarette onto it. Much more likely in this country, I would think, is that somebody would do that with a cigarette lighter and go, let's see if we can get this whole building to go up in flames. That would be fun. Oh, do you think so? Well, we have people who set fire to the bush. We do, but they they tend not to think about the consequences, I think. Oh, I think they do. I think they want, because they usually get caught because they turn up later to watch the fire. Or they're firemen and they turn up later to put, to put the, the fire, fire out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I just wonder as well, is kind of at the moment the government is just embroiled in this secrecy. They kind of love being secretive about everything. Yep. And I wondered if this is another example of that, really. Well, the, one of the other reasons they've given is that it would affect the value of properties and that it might confuse people. I, I don't know how mm. it would confuse people if you give people a list and say your building's either on it or not on it. I don't see how people could be confused by that. No, and as we know, I mean, people who live in buildings with defects, they don't want their defects to be known about because it will affect the value of their, their buildings and obviously flammable cladding would as well. But on the, on the reverse side, when somebody knows a building has a problem with flammable cladding and then that building actually confronts that problem and solves it, then the value of that building ends up going much higher. Yeah, but I think in the interim, it doesn't matter if you're on a list or not. If you turn up to buy in a building and there's been flammable cladding reported, it will be on the minutes. Yeah. You'll be able to find that. Yeah. It's not going to make any difference. The only difference it will make is that some people will come up and go, oh, I'd like to buy an apartment in that building. And then they do their searches and they find out that it has flammable cladding. Or they find out before that and they don't do the search because they they don't want to buy a building that's got... I mean, it's not the problem. The problem is not the flammable cladding. The problem is that people, owners of apartments, have to pay to have it removed. Mm. So this is... Do you want to know my theory of why the government won't release the list of buildings. <laughs> do you have another fit theory then? I do. I think that list of buildings contains the names of a couple of high-profile developers who've put this cladding on a lot of their buildings, and they might even be friends of the government, whether or not they're, they're, they're mates. The government is thinking, if it comes out that, say, 50 of these buildings have been put up by 
just two developers, the pressure on the government to go back to the developers and say, you need to pay up. And the government just does, because that, that would be a huge court fight, because the developers would say, well, the six years is up, it's not our problem anymore, um, so you can't make us pay. But the government surely can make them pay. I don't. Well, you would hope so, mm. but look, by telling them, how about if you don't pay, we never approve another plan of yours mm. ever again? Yeah. Yeah, the government could make them pay, but they just... They're quite happy for the apartment owners to be the ones left carrying the can. But we're the ones who vote them in or vote them out. Yeah, but I mean, we, yeah. you know, they should start getting their priorities right. Their loyalty is to the people rather than to um, big business. Should be. Of course, they want business to create jobs and things. But at the same time, this is a life and death issue. I mean, this is huge. And, you know, if they're, they're kind of playing loyalties with different developers, I mean, that's shocking. Well, you know, I, it's my theory. There's no proof that no, this that's is true. <laughs> <laughs> before I get too upset yeah, about it, yeah. Before you start marching down George Street trying <laughs> to remove developers. I just think it's likely. Once you identify the buildings, you can identify the developers. And, yeah, sure, there's nothing much we can do about the small-scale developers who've disappeared into the night, phoenixed into non-existence, except they come back again with another name. There's not a lot we can do about that. But the big developers, the big names, the big targets, they've got money, they're worth going after. Why won't the government do it? And the reason my thinking is it's not that conspiracy theory thing of, of developers being donors. It's just that it would be hard. Mm. It would be, you know, the developers with the deep pockets have also got high-powered lawyers and the government would be tied up in court for years trying to get them to accept responsibility. But it's hard, isn't it? Because if they're a big developer and a big respectable developer, surely they knew what kind of cladding they were putting on those buildings. Well, again, you would think that, but then they would turn around and say, look, you know, I'm, I sit here in my office. I don't go down onto the building site. I don't talk to the subcontractors. I don't talk to the engineers. They all work at a very high level. They, you know, they might say to the subcontractor, can you put cladding on this building that wouldn't go up in flames, please? And the subcontractor says, yeah, sure, I can do that, and then goes and buys cheap stuff from China that bursts into flames just if you look at it hard. Mm. That chain of responsibility, and also it's been established in court that there is no duty of care. There's no duty of care from the builder to the owner of the apartment. The duty of care was the builder to the developer. But once the developer Because is, of the contract, that was the contract yeah, in place. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's hard to go after these people, but that's exactly what the government should be doing because it is their legislation and their promotion of apartment living that has led to this situation. In the old days, a lot of developers were builders. I mean, these days, there aren't so many developer builders. Well, it kind of makes you hark back to those old days, because when you're a developer and a builder, it would be much more simple to kind of keep track of all the different um, elements you're using in a building and to make sure that the building is absolutely safe for the end consumer. I think that's one of the reasons there are fewer developer builders now than there used to be, because... <laughs> uh, Everybody just seems to want to shirk that responsibility. Anyway, there is a move. Um, I think the Greens are getting involved in saying that uh, this list should be released. So this is not the last we've heard of it. No. It'll be released. Somebody will leak it. I don't know. That's what happens these days.
Maybe they'll give it to Angus Taylor to release and he'll say there's 45 million buildings in Sydney with flammable cladding. Or change the addresses. Yes. It'd be easier. <laughs> Instead of 35, it becomes 38. <laughs> Not that we're suggesting in any way that Angus Taylor changed any figures on any documents ever in Absolutely his whole life. Absolutely not. It, Absolutely not. It was somebody who is not related to him in any way who did this with the, what was it again? Oh, it was the, the city of Sydney, um, the travel figures. Mm, instead that's of, right, travel it's, expenses. Instead of 1.4 million instead of 14,000. Yes. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about where you should be buying at a time when interest rates are spectacularly low and apartment prices have not yet bounced back. That's after this. Sue, you've just written something about where to buy in apartments generally, I suppose, not just Sydney. Yes, that's right. No, no, Sydney, Melbourne, anywhere. It's just generally where to buy apartments. It's an investment, really. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Every time I do one of these stories, I learn so much. Right. I and thought I you think, knew everything every, uh, anyway. No, I'm not like you, Jimmy. You know everything, as you're always telling me. But um, I always thought with an investment apartment, you kind of find one that's a bit cheap in an area that you don't really want to live in because that's the best buy, really. Yeah. But in fact, all the experts were saying quite the opposite. And it's something I've never really conceived of before, that you should actually pay a lot more for an investment apartment than you should for the apartment you live in. Why? And that's because the more expensive apartments have a much better return on their resale. Right. And they hold their value much better. Right. Um, so that means kind of apartments which are maybe a bit unique or a bit special, they're in a great location, like in, in Sydney it might be Barangaroo, in Melbourne it might be in the city centre in the CBD, yep. um, or Turak or you know any yep. of those nice places, Brighton Beach. But they should be special, they should maybe penthouses or maybe family size apartments, you right. know, kind of bigger than normal, or maybe yep. they have something special like they have a courtyard or they're high up and they have a great view. Right. Whereas when you live in an apartment, you're sometimes not so worried about those things. You're kind of getting on with your life. Whereas an investment should be a really good financial asset and you should be really careful that that's going to um, increase in value over the years. Whereas your own home, you just want to make sure it's really comfortable and you enjoy living there. And it's not so important that it increases in value. And and interest rates are low at the moment, aren't they? they? Oh, they're incredibly low. And they're probably going to go even lower. I mean, we've had, you know, overseas, there's a couple of banks which are actually offering negative mortgages. So they give you money back. <laughs> That's right. right. And we don't think it's ever going to happen in Australia, but certainly rates, interest rates could actually um, go down even further here. But, of course, people don't want to be too... Um, over mortgage because you know interest rates could go up a little bit. You never know if Donald Trump's impeached. Right. Um, there might be or not impeached. One of the oh, what are, either yeah, of those things knows? you yeah. know could change. But new trade arrangements with China would would help our economy anyway. And so you never quite know what's going to happen. But yeah, it's it's a great time to buy an investment apartment or um, upgrade to a, a bigger or better apartment because obviously if you're selling your apartment, you're buying a more expensive apartment, you're buying, you're borrowing more money, it's cheaper to borrow more money yeah. now. And you think it should be, I mean, it, it's something that's special, you think is going to hold its value uh, or, or for rental value, 
I mean, are, are, are these bigger, nicer yes. apartments? Do they're they, renting do for a lot more proportionately than the smaller ones. Absolutely, really? yeah. And also in smaller blocks. I mean, you can you can buy in big, iconic blocks, which um, are really famous, and people love those, especially kind of Asian buyers, particularly like iconic blocks around right. Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but also in smaller apartment, boutique apartment buildings are very popular as well. And people tend to really like those, especially downsizers. And when you come to sell, you're not competing with, you know, a hundred other sellers of similar apartments because, you know, you've only got maybe eight apartments in a building or 20 apartments in a building. So there's not likely to any others to come up at the same time to compete against yours. Right. So you don't want to be in that situation where people are racing from one open house to the next in the same building. No, that that's selling. right. Yeah. yeah. Another person even said to me that when they buy an apartment, they ask for a certificate to confirm that the cladding has a good fire rating. All right. And they also look into the certifier, which is interesting for new buildings. I would yeah. never have thought of anything like that, really. What about off the plan? Yeah, off the plan... Yes, you just have to make sure that it's priced properly and it comes from a good developer. I mean, right. one can never stress that enough. If the developer is someone you kind of look them up and they don't have a proper business address, they don't have a track record, it's impossible to track which other apartment buildings they've done before because maybe they've kind of gone into liquidation straight away. Yeah, You kind of have to be a bit nervous about those. If it's a good developer who has a name, has a track record, and you can actually go to one of the other apartment buildings and look and look from the outside and look to see how well it's holding up. Yeah. That's always, you know, a very easy check that's that's good to do. And you can also stop somebody who's coming outside from the building and say to them, you know, what do you think of this building? How is it? Yeah. You know? People don't realise that there are, you know, get rich quick schemes where Everybody is encouraged to buy into buy a share in an apartment building, so they effectively become the developers. And part of that business plan is that as soon as that building has sold all the apartments, they close the company. Mm. They just shut it down. Mm. So you know, you as an investor, you get your return pretty much immediately, uh, and you don't have any responsibility. So when the cracks literally start to mm. appear, you're gone. You know, oh, that's a real worry, those kind of schemes, isn't it, really, for the, the other consumers, the other apartment buyers? That's why you need, as you said, you need to establish that you're buying off the plan from a reputable company with a track record. Mm. And uh, if, if you have any doubts, why would you risk taking out a loan that you're going to take 25 years to pay off? Mm. I mean, it's like if somebody said... Hey, here's a great thing. Can you can you give me two hundred and fifty thousand or seven hundred and fifty thousand, and I'm going to put this on a sure thing in the Melbourne Cup? <laughs> yes, you would yeah. never do it, would you? Not again. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. There are other um, schemes coming up now. Not really schemes, but um, groups of people getting together, investors. Um, forming little bands and going to developers and saying, "Okay, we want to buy five apartments in your new development give us a good price for five apartments give us the first pick of these apartments as well right. and so those people often buy some of the best apartments off the plan yeah. um, because they've got a bit bigger buying power really when they're right. acting together and there's quite a few of those companies coming up now as well and that's worth thinking about i think yeah you've just created a horrible picture in my mind of that same group of five people 
turning up at the AGM, voting themselves onto the committee <laughs> and, <laughs> and bossing everybody else in the building around for the next 10 years. Oh, no. Yeah, they sound like they're smart people, so maybe that's not such a bad thing. Sure, sure. All right, after this, for those of you who don't have a lazy million dollars lying around or the opportunity to borrow that amount, we're going to talk about the strangest thing I've seen in ages, the chance to win an entire apartment block. That's after this. And we're back. So, how would you like to own an entire apartment block? Wow, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it'll only cost you $10. Excellent. And a bit of luck. (laughs) So, so the RSL, you know, whenever you're in Queensland, you go into shopping centres and they're selling raffle tickets. Mm. And uh, what do they call Art Union. RSL Art Union, and you can win a car, or recently you could win a house, and, and then they had you could win a house with a boat, and you know the prize is huge. Mm. And now they've come up with win an entire apartment block with ocean views in the Gold Coast. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, who wants an apartment block really? I mean, I'd quite like to win an apartment or a house or a car. I don't know if I'd want to win a whole block. Well, what this this apartment block has got, it's got a penthouse on the top, which obviously has the fabulous views. It's got a couple of apartments underneath, and then a couple of townhouses on the bottom floor. So I would think that whoever built this, I'm guessing they didn't build it with the intention that it would be raffled by the RSL. (laughs) Whoever built this thought, yeah, I'll live in the top floor, and then I'll rent out the, the places right. underneath. And it's, oh, by the way, fully furnished. It comes fully furnished. It's Jeez. already got furniture in it, or it's got an allowance of something like $41,000 to furnish the whole kind thing. It's kind of weird, isn't it, really? It is very weird. Mm. Um, I wonder if they've also locked into one of these awful caretaker contracts. <laughs> you know, you win, hey, you've won this apartment block was. million. Oh, but we've already signed a contract with a caretaker. It's going to cost you a million dollars a year to to have this caretaker. Here, meet Mr. Smith. (laughs) Yeah. It probably doesn't have that. I'm just being very cynical. It's obviously been set up to have holiday rentals in the other apartments. Um, And they're saying it's something like an income of something like $240,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. So really, you'd live there rent-free. I mean, you're obviously yeah. not paying anything. Yeah. And then you would have an income, so you wouldn't have to work anymore. Yeah. It's just strange, isn't it, really? You keep kind of, I keep thinking there must be some kind of catch. Well, the catch is you have to live in Queensland. <laughs> but no, why, didn't, no. why wouldn't you just sell the apartment building Well, you then? could. You could you, just you sell the apartment. It's yours. You, you don't have to live in it and you don't yeah. have to rent it out. But, you know, th- there are a lot of people who would go, oh, a quarter of a million dollars a year in income and I don't actually have to do anything. That's mm. quite nice. And I've got an investment there that, you know, I can sell at some point. Or so how much is the whole thing worth? 6.4 million. 6.4. So how many, how much is the raffle tickets? $10. So how many will they have to sell? I think they probably want to sell a million 
raffle tickets. And then they've got a profit on the... Although they probably haven't paid the full six. So then they'll they'll get $10 million. So they probably, yeah. So they sell a, a million tickets and they get $10 million. And yeah, maybe the apartment block is really only cost them $5 million. Mm, okay. So they get a $5 million profit, which goes to their charity. And what if they don't sell that many tickets? Somebody's going to be in trouble. <laughs> so, well, well then, well if they don't sell that many tickets, yeah, you know, they still have to draw. They have to still have to do mm. the draw. The, the, by the way, if anybody's seriously interested, this is on the website, our website. There's a link to their website. You can buy the tickets. The competition closes. The sales of tickets close on the 17th of December. And the draw would be announced on the 24th of December, which is... Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. So you get the phone call on Christmas Eve. Wow. It'd be nice giving out. Yeah, it'd be nice doing that phone call. I think I'm going to buy a ticket. Yeah, why not? So you just buy online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many tickets are you going to buy? One. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of buying 10 million. (laughs) Do you think a lot of people buy... A lot of tickets, or they might yeah. buy lots of tickets yeah. for their family for Christmas presents. Yeah. I mean, maybe. this is a very Queensland thing, I think, because I've only ever seen it in Queensland, although you get flyers sent to you. But they do mail-outs all the time, you know, and now they're using social media. Somebody picked up on this on Facebook. They saw it on Facebook. And now it's in our social media feeds as well. But, you know, it's people out there and, they, and people like us. To, you know, the, you have a few people like us who, who go you know what, I've got a lazy 50 bucks lying yeah. around, I'll buy mm. five tickets. Because mm. it's for a good cause, isn't it? The money goes to veterans. Yeah. 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 But do you remember all those boys' town raffles? Well, they were kind of similar things, weren't they? Did Same they thing. emanate from Queens- Queensland? Yeah, they're Queensland. Well? I think oh, they're yeah. Queensland as well. And mm. so there must be some quirk in the Queensland laws that, uh, mm. you know, you're allowed to have a raffle Maybe tax that, relief or something. Yeah, you know, mm. a, a charity can have a, tra- a, a raffle. You tend not to see them here in New South Wales. I've never seen them in Victoria or anywhere else. They may exist and I may just not have seen them. But uh, certainly I associate them with Queensland. And uh, I don't know, you know, and I'm sure there are people there who look forward to these things every year, you know, go, oh, you know, there's chance to win a car, chance to win a house. Mm. And it's a big deal. It's life-changing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd rather just win a sum of money, though. Right. Um, Because you don't want the hassle of selling your 6.4 million. Well, you you know, all those apartments and townhouses. It'd make make a great movie, wouldn't it? You've won an apartment block. Great. I'm going to make all this money. And then the phone calls start coming. My toilet's... Yes. <laughs> yes, but I'm in Sydney. I don't care to get my toilet fixed. I'm paying a ridiculous amount of rent. I've discovered there's flammable cladding on it. Yeah, so you start doing you start doing raffles where you win a plumber for a week. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the next thing. Yeah, it's interesting. So that's on your website, flat-chat.com.au. Correct. Mm. As are the your story about uh, where to buy and how to buy. Mm. And the, there is actually a piece by me about the list of buildings mm, that okay. uh, nobody's allowed to see. That's all on, as you said, flat-chat.com.au. Thank you very much for coming in. Again it's a soon. great pleasure.
I've been talking to Sue Williams, who is a property writer, a travel writer, and an author. And I'm Jimmy Thompson. I edit the Flat Chat website and write the Flat Chat column in the Australian Financial Review every weekend. And this has been the Flat Chat Wrap. Well, that's the Flat Chat Podcast for another week. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe. It's completely free and it will come straight to your phone or your pad or your computer without you even having to think about it. If there's something that we haven't done in the podcast that you'd like to hear, let us know. Come to the website, flat-chat.com.au and that's also where you can come for specific advice to ask questions or answer other people's questions. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.